from all of this is for now, let's see, let's find a way to concentrate on uh, inbound tourism. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides, tourism, and the future of travel. My name is Wouter Bernhardt. I'm a tour guide from Berlin, and currently I'm gauging how my fellow international guides are navigating the pandemic. I'm speaking to Samantha Eschbach today from Zurich. Samantha studied tourism back in 1994, but then decided to do a whole bunch of other stuff in between. However, as soon as I graduated, I said, oh, why not uh, become a croupier in Paraguay? At 28, she came to work for the Swiss Foreign Ministry and in that capacity lived and worked in over 15 different countries, helping Swiss citizens that applied for help at the consulate. From something as easy as the loss of a passport to, you know, more serious things like a kidnapping, murder, um, an, an incident, uh, getting lost um, somewhere. Naturally, we had plenty to talk about. I present to you Samantha Eschbach from Zurich. If you think about all of that and um, you think about the job that you're doing right now, being a tour guide, being a tour guide uh, seems a, a hell of a lot more frivolous, <laughs> <laughs> sort of. You know, it seems a bit more light in, in many ways. Um, could you maybe talk a bit about what, you, what you've taken from all your experience uh, working for consulates, what you've taken from your years of traveling into your work as a, as a tour guide? So... It is. I, I got in contact with so many wonderful people and some less <laughs> wonderful in so many different, in such, you know, in such an array of different circumstances. So I think what I see an advantage is that I saw the, the multiple facets of humanity. And it gave me you know, step by step, moment by moment, a little bit more forgiveness, a little bit more compassion and a lot of patience and understanding that every person is handling whatever situation has befallen them in the best possible way that they can and with the resources that they have in that moment. What do you what do you like? What do you like so much about tour guiding at the moment? What drives me in the tour guiding is, yes, meeting new people. And I keep my tours quite small, really quite rather small. There is between four and five people. And I like this, this moment where for two hours, three hours, whatever the amount of time that we are together, that we form a bond. And I get to know the people just a little bit more and they get to know me. And uh, it has been several times that at the end of the tour, I have seen if the people were uh, solo travelers, that somehow they bonded as well. And then they go for lunch together or for dinner together, or maybe they go and see something that I had suggested that they could do after the tour. And I see them go together and um, I really enjoy that. And of course, I also, <laughs> to be frank with you, I enjoy telling stories. I enjoy entertaining people. I enjoy you kidding, you know, like, like joking with people, <laughs> you know, I tell the history of Zurich and the history of Switzerland, mostly through uh, legends, through myths, 
through personal stories. So I would talk about one specific uh, character and then describe a little bit the environment that the person was living in, whereas it was in the 18th century, in the 13th century, on the 2nd century AD, that is. So, and I like telling story, and this gives me a little bit of a poetic license, doesn't it? And I just tell the story, I involve the people, I create a little bit of an emotion, and then seeing the response of the people, and uh, many times the interaction of the people gives me, maybe it's a bit selfish or self-centered, gives me particular joy, <laughs> you know? And who can deny that I do like the stage. <laughs> I think we all like the stage, Samantha. I mean, this is what tour guides love to do. You, you get out there for a couple of hours, you get a round of applause, you get handshakes, people tell you immediately that they enjoy things. And it's a wonderful feeling on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, who gets a round of applause after a day of work, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good a good thing. Now tell me, like I've never been to Zurich. Well, what do people normally come to Zurich for? What are kind of, what are the kind of stories that, that you tell uh, to tourists coming over there? Okay, so you're, uh, Zurich has a very interesting uh, story. It used to be up till 20, 20 years ago, it would not be a place for tourists to come and visit. It would be just like a hub since we have our major airport hub here in Zurich, and they would just land here and then go wherever they were going. So it would be skiing in the mountains, uh, going to the Zermatt, to St. Moritz, um, or somewhere else. But now the tourism and hospitality industry in Zurich and Zurich area has just exploded. Also, thanks to all the media and marketing campaigns and uh, the cleaning up of the city. I don't know if people tend to forget uh, rather quickly, but Zurich has been in the media in the 90s up to the late 90s as uh, a drug infested place. I don't know if in Berlin you have ever heard about the Spitzplatz. That this is a park that we had behind the, it's still there, now it's just beautiful. But it used to be a park where we had every day, every day we had 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 people gathering to use drugs. Wow, that is insane. And they would, and that was legal at the moment. So, and you know what comes with drugs? It comes everything else that it attached with drugs, so prostitution, crime, organized crime. So it became, I mean, the city was quite a violent place. <laughs> it's not what I normally um, think about when I think about Switzerland. Yes, and the image has changed radically, especially what the Zurich is, uh, is concerned. It has cleaned up. It has been uh, restored. It ha I mean, now it's just such a beautiful city to visit. And I think the beauty and the charm in Zurich lies in the fact that it is, yes, a city, the biggest city in Switzerland. And yet there is almost like a town charm to it. Hmm. So when you just come and to visit the city center, the old town, you, you have this feeling that you just stepped 
back in time in this small nucleus. It's called Kreis 1 or District 1. So you have you have the feeling also because it's already in your imaginary a little bit through film, through novels, what a medieval town would look like. And this is what you discover when, when you come uh, to Zurich. I was wondering, however, now that we aren't getting tours mm-hmm. um, or now that we don't know exactly when our work will return, mm-hmm. how how have you been holding up? How have you been sort of, yeah, trying to mitigate your situation? On one side uh, is like, I think for so many of us, it's the economical side. So we had a huge hole in our budget. It, it, it can make us worry and anxious how we're going to do it, how we're going to bridge. And... Uh, I don't know, in other countries, but here, my profession or this tour guiding profession, especially if you're new, just like me, uh, we fall through many cracks of government incentives or government help. So there is there is a lot of uncertainty. But on the other hand, after the first um, shock, let's say, or being incredulous almost of what was really happening. You know, I took this time to, for me to reevaluate, is this uh, something that I want to continue doing? Is this really what I want to do? How am I feeling with this? You know, and then the conclusion I came up with is, if I want to stay, I have to reinvent myself like so many others. I have to reinvent in the sense to offer something new, something different in a different format. And do I want to stay in this industry that some experts say we're not going to recover for the next three years? And then other experts says, yeah, it's going to recover slowly, slowly, you know. And one of the things I came up with or I thought about is, as many have already spoken about this, is the local, is are the locals. Whereas uh, local expats or Swiss people that, or, that live here in Zurich. Last year I had, I would say maybe 5%, 10% of local expats or local Swiss people that have come on my tour. And they were so amazed <laughs> about these places that I was taking them to or these stories are like, I've been living here for 10, 20, 40 years and I had no clue that these places existed. So my take from all of this is for now, let's see, let's find a way to concentrate on uh, inbound tourism. Yeah, so people actually coming from within the country itself. You, 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 You have decided you want to stay tour guide this is what you like to do, um, but you're going to have to change for your new clientele. Yes, exactly. How how do how do you do that? So now I'm thinking of uh, different platforms, and um, I've started being a tour guide by hosting on Airbnb, and I'm, I still have my offer just on Airbnb. And now I just. I was looking with other tour guides here in Zurich how we can promote ourselves as a group or individually or uh, a mishmash uh, of both of us. It happened that just before the crisis hit, I I started to contact all the other tour guides 
that I found uh, on Airbnb on different platforms. And my idea was just to create an informal group, uh, you know, to discuss together or when we have if we have questions either specifically about Airbnb or if we want to support each other when we are from different different kind of tours, as in recommending each other, either when you have a similar tour, but you are at full capacity, you know that another person has a similar tour, so you can um, refer this other person. Or at the end of your tour, you can say, hey, I have another friend that is doing this or this or this, and why don't you go and check out their offer? So I started this slowly, slowly. I had started to contact them, and now we are about, I think, 10, 12, 12 uh, people. And it was just so serendipitous that we had found each other before this crisis because somehow we have found strength in the group. Just as you are doing, just by knowing that we are not alone, that whatever we are facing, whatever we are feeling and going through, it is not just us. And sometimes there is a little bit of reassurance in that. Mm. I... I... One of the things that I'm struggling with a little bit is that I want to do a lot of different things and I want to be proactive. Um, but the crisis that we're facing right now is so big and nobody knows exactly what's going to happen that it can feel very frustrating not to be not to feel in control over your own situation. And I think many of us guides who are who know that they want to be a guide, don't know exactly how to do this at the moment, uh, they bump into this. They bump into this sort of lack of control about where their future is going to be at. Yes. And I understand you. And I feel you, Wouter. <laughs> These are the same feelings that I have. And uh, the same feelings that are, you know, bubbling up in me sometimes i think sometimes i'm a full of excitement and i'm like yes i'm gonna go and do this and do that and then i'm like how why what am i gonna do is it worth it why why am i doing this uh if we're gonna be out of work for who knows how much and it's true as you said we cannot control we cannot control our external circumstances especially not something as big as this and as impactful as this but we what we can control is how we react to it and how we decide that we are going to feel about it so we have a little we know that we have a choice but many times and this is a whole other topic <laughs> many times we don't have a control of our automatic patterns of our beliefs, our mm, values and our, you know, pat patterns or behavioral patterns. Do, do, do you feel secure in what, what your future has in store for you? Do you think about that at all in these kind of terms? Yes, absolutely. And it's another really good question. I am fluctuating in between knowing, really wholeheartedly knowing that all will be fine, that all is good. And in between, 
a word that I cannot say on a podcast. <laughs> on a public podcast. But, uh, but then I find that there are more um, positive days than, uh, than negative. And usually I don't, I don't stay as long in these lows as I used to be. So I bounce back a little bit faster than I used to be, but it doesn't mean that I don't have them. I do. I really do. And then in that moment, everything is just so bleak. So, you know, everything is so pessimistic and, uh, no, I'm just like, let's see. Worst comes to worst, I will have to find another job. Yeah. And uh, I've done so many things in my life, then this reassures me a little bit that I know that I can start in any position. I, I can do um, many things. You're going to, do you, do you like staying in Zurich? Is that where you're going to be? very perceptive I yes I was thinking about that as well it has made me also think because when I moved to Zurich three years ago two years ago I wasn't sure it was just it's another long story how I got here it was just let's see how it goes let's see what happens and maybe I'll move on but I grew very fond of Zurich I really like it here and whatever happens, at least in the near future, I want to be here. I want to stay. I want to explore more. I want to get to know the people more. I want to know more about, yeah, the history of Zurich. Um, every day I'm learning something new myself. And yeah, for, for the near future, I see myself here. That's that's kind of good to know, no? It's like, yeah. uh, I think there's many of us also... Uh, because tour guides are often expats, they're often not from the places where they mm -hmm. tour guide. Um, yes. The, the, the question of having no work uh, then goes into having no purpose, then goes into what am I doing here? Uh, and, and having not that solid foundation, feeling comfortable in the place where you're living is, uh, is another daunting challenge that many people are yeah, sort of faced with Absolutely. at the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. So knowing knowing where you are and that you want to be there is, I think, a very comfortable basis to begin on. Yes, and it took me, and it took me a while to come to this um, to this decision, or this uh, this knowing that I want to stay for a moment. I want to stay for a moment because if you if I look back at my life, the longest I have been somewhere was Chicago, and that was for four years. And now that after more than 23 years abroad, back in Switzerland, I feel myself amazed how at home I feel in my own country. Because if you would have heard me up to three, four years ago, I always, had, I always said the same thing. I don't want to go back to Switzerland. And maybe I'll be back when I'm retired. So, yes, I am amazed at myself how I changed my mind and how comfortable I feel with the fact that I changed my mind. <laughs> well, Samantha, um, yes. I want to thank you so much for, for talking to me. I really appreciate okay. you sharing your insights and your perspective on the situation that we're facing at large, but also, of course, your, your own personal situation. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I really hope that we can sort of chat to each other again in the future. Thank you so much. And I wish a wonderful day in Berlin for you, your girlfriends, <laughs> girlfriend and everybody else that you know. Bye. Ciao. That was Samantha Eschbach from Zurich. She's still there after all these months and has been letting me know that the work is still very, very slow. Same as in Berlin, by the way. I've been hearing a lot of people say that we're going to have to focus on the locals. The locals are the new market. We need to target them and get them on our tours. But I do wonder how we do that exactly and whether these locals are actually excited for a tour of their own city. But hey, maybe I'm being pessimistic and you have already had a bunch of tours with locals who were totally blown away. If so, let me know. Share your thoughts about local tourism in our discussion group on Facebook called The Low Season Real Talk. Now, Samantha also has a completely separate life apart from tour guiding as a life coach and mindfulness teacher. We really didn't get so much into that during our conversation, but I've linked to where you can find her in the show notes. And were you also blown away by the fact that Zurich was once a drug infested place? I've put a link to the infamous park called Needle Park and a little YouTube clip in the show notes too. The Low Season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhard. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork is by CC White. And Georgia Riungu is our digital overlord. Speak soon, my friends.